Welcome to the Hard Questions, Real Answers podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nat, and we are here at NRB 2022, wrapping up a great convention, and I am here with my special guest, Ken Hem. Ken, you are the CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis, the Ark Encounter, the Creation Museum, author, apologist. I mean, I could go on for days, and you just keep going. So I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join our audience. It's a pleasure. I love the ministry that you're involved. Yeah, I was really blown away to hear your story and your connection to the ministry, and it really touched me, and uh, and I don't think I had the opportunity to tell you how much your ministry has impacted our family and, and my own personal life, so thank you so much. Hey, thank you. One of the things that I think we have a serious issue with is the legacy of the church. Church tends to do these pendulum swings, you know, and right now I think we're in a very dangerous pendulum swing. So from your assessment, how do you think the church is doing today, and what should Christians' response be to it? You know, it's very interesting because I get a bird's eye view of the church that not many people get. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I've spoken in all 50 states in America, mm -hmm. hundreds of churches, mm -hmm. lots of different denominations, colleges, universities, uh, seminaries, and so on. But I've also done that around the world in many different countries, mm -hmm. even third world countries. Mm -hmm. So you get to see the pattern. Yeah. One, thing, one of the interesting things I notice in the church the church has recognized they're not really impacting the culture like they um, have in the past generations ago. And we're losing the younger generations from the church. I mean, mm. if you look at the latest statistics in regard to church attendance, you go back to the 1700s, uh, in the 1700s, around about 70 to 80% of people went to church. Now, as you go down through all the generations, the greatest generation, the silent generation, the baby boomers, I'm in the baby boomers generation, the generation X, generation Y, the millennials, generation Z. Mm -hmm. You see a generational decline in church attendance. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the baby boomers, I mean, they're about 30% of the baby boomers generation uh, have to go to church. But if you get down to generation Z and the millennials today, I mean, it's, it's like about 8%. Right. It's really getting down there. And a lot of churches recognize this. And so the church wants to come up with ways of, um, well, how do we solve this? How do we keep people in church? How, uh, what do we do? And it's interesting. When somebody comes up with an idea, a lot of people just follow. Right. Uh, and, and, and to me, that's a big problem. But uh, one of the things that I've seen, I, I see a pattern, right? A pattern that I've seen. Uh, and I always tell people, here's my little caveat. I love music. Yep. I play the piano, actually. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love the uh, worship music. Mm -hmm. Here's what I notice as someone looking from the outside into all these different churches. I see a lot of similarities that the worship time on stage becomes the most important part of the service, mm -hmm. not the teaching of the word. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is performance oriented yeah. where it's not, they're not really congregational type songs. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the songs they sing, you know, they might sing five songs 50 times each right? while you stand up. Yeah. And uh, a lot of those songs you know, they have the theology is dreadful. Or yeah. I don't even know what they're saying. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that for all of them. There's some great contemporary, absolutely contemporary music. You know, um, you know, my wife absolutely loves in Christ alone. Yeah. Spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For instance. Uh, but the the thing is, it's more performance. Mm -hmm. It's entertainment. Mm -hmm. Is what I see. Right. And not in every instance, but a lot of instances. And they've watered down the teaching of the word and made it very shallow and stories sort of more entertaining. But they're missing what's needed. I would say this, I, what I have found, and I wrote a book recently called Divided Nation, Cultures and Chaos in a Conflicted Church, mm. to say the church has failed in a number of areas. Here's two of them. There, there's a, a few that I list in the book, but here's two main ones. 
They haven't taught apologetics by and large. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? How many equipped generations, how to defend the faith, how to answer the skeptical questions yep. of the age yep. that are really undermining God's word in today's world. Mm -hmm. And then we also need to be teaching them a literal Genesis 1 to 11 as the foundation, because it's the foundation for all doctrine, mm -hmm. for our worldview, for the rest of the Bible. You know, I, I even noticed today for a lot of churches, if you look at their statements of faith, a lot of churches will have just very general statements of faith mm -hmm. and general when it comes to Genesis, which means they don't really understand how important it is. I find there are a lot of churches that are, that are more interested in eschatology, uh, in a revelation. Yeah. In fact, some churches I'll see will say, you must believe this particular view of it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, and, and if you don't, you can't be a member of the church. When it comes to Genesis, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. And I say to people, wait a minute, Revelation is not the foundation for the rest of the Bible. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Mm. Revelation is not the foundation for your worldview. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Yep. Revelation is not the foundation for all your doctrine. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Right. I'm not saying Revelation is not important, but yeah. it's not the foundational book. Right. Genesis 1 to 11 is. The reason the church is in such a mess, I would say, is because Genesis is 1 to 11. We gave it up. Right. And when you give up the foundation, the structure falls. Exactly right. And that's what I see as a major problem uh, in the church. And that's why we've lost generations of these uh, younger ones. Well, it's kind of like uh, decaying a tooth. If you get on it right at the beginning, you can clean it up and, and restore and get moving. But man, if you wait a year, two year, three years, you're probably just going to pull that whole tooth out. And it makes you wonder uh, how far we're gone in the church. One of the big things I'm seeing in the church as a pastor and 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 a uh, pastor of pastors is a compromise in the area of sexuality. And it's and it's amazing. Transgenderism. Let's just talk about that for a minute. You know, it, it's not just an outside the church issue. Now it's an inside the church issue. But should it be? And what is the biblical response to something like transgenderism? Let's see, here's the point. If we believe Genesis 1 to 11 is literal history, you've got your response. Exactly, right? And, and in other words, let's believe God's word. What does it say there? Genesis 1, God made male and female. Mm -hmm. There's no other options. Right. I mean, Genesis 5, male or female, all the way through the Old Testament, male or female. Right. Jesus in Matthew 19, when asked about marriage, first of all, quotes, he made the male and female. Uh, when you uh, uh, go to Mark 10, he said, from the beginning of creation, he made the male and female. Mm -hmm. So here's the bottom line. If you start from God's word, you've got your worldview you know, and your doctrine, and you know what uh, you should believe. And you know, that's the point of dealing with any of these, these issues. You see, when you look at abortion, gay marriage, critical race theory, uh, uh, transgender, uh, you're dealing with all the different issues that we see today, racism, etc. When you're looking at all those, a lot of people in the church look at them and say that they're all they're, they're, zip. they're all problems. How do you deal with critical race theory? And we're going to deal with gay marriage. And we're going to deal with abortion. And we're going to deal with transgender. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that's, that in itself is a problem. Stand back and understand this. They're all the same problem. Hmm. They're different symptoms. Exactly right. They're different symptoms of what problem? Well, that people build their thinking on man's work, mm. not God's work. Right. So what's the solution? The solution is the same for all. <laughs> the solution is, oh, can I use the phrase? Back to the Bible. Right. 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 The solution is God's word and the saving gospel. But we've got to understand God's word starts in Genesis 1 to 11. Mm. And that's where it, the, the foundation is. And so what? 
when it comes to, let me give you a practical example, Great. Okay? to help people understand this. When it comes to, say, a gay marriage, right? I, I had a, a young man come to me, that conference. I've had this sort of thing many times, but he said, now I'm gay and I believe in gay marriage. What are you saying <laughs> about that? Now, I know immediately, here's how I think. I can't take my Christian worldview based on the Bible and impose on that person if they don't have the foundation I do. Right. In other words, the argument can't be up here, right? That's why people see it as hate speech. Right. And, and why the clash? And they see you as intolerant um, when, when, when you're arguing up here because it's a clash of worldviews. So the first thing I, I said to him was, um, well, I'm Christian. Hmm. And I believe the Bible, and so my thinking starts from the Bible here in in Genesis. And you know what he said to me? He said, "I don't believe the Bible. Don't give me that Bible stuff." So what I said to this person was, "You don't believe the Bible? Well, guess what? I do. Right? Right? <laughs> Unapologetic about it. Yeah. And because that foundation of thinking. But then I bait them, and you, you've got to do this. You know what they've been taught in the schools and through the media." So you've got to ask the right questions, and you modify your questions depending on where they go. Right. But it, it, the conversation went like this. Um, well, I do believe the Bible. That's where I start. You don't believe the Bible? What, do you think science has disproved the Bible? Do you, what, were you taught that at school? Or what do you believe about where you came from? Tell me, how do you decide right and wrong? And should your right and wrong uh, be the right right and wrong? Uh, you know, uh, should somebody else have the same morality as you? If not, why not? Where does your morality come from? Mm. And you decide what is truth. Or what do you what do you build your thinking? Why do you believe the way you do? You know what you're doing? You're you're getting the arguments down here. You know, mm. were you taught evolution? Do you think that's true? Well, tell me what you think contradicts right. the Bible, and you get the argument down to a foundation. Right now, if they claim to be a Christian, you still use the same argument, mm. right? Because if they claim to be a Christian, then I say to them, but you don't have the same the same view of Genesis as I do. So our argument is still down there, yeah, right? Yep. Because you obviously don't have the same view of Genesis, right? If they claim to be a Christian. So regardless, you've got to get down to the foundational level. Mm. So when it comes to even things like CRT, I know people be going, you know, two hours of discussion all about CRT, right? When someone says to me, what do you believe about CRT? You know, the first thing I say, this may sound very simplistic, but to me, this is the answer. Is this foundation man's word or God's word? Mm. His foundation is man's word. Right. Well, therefore, you know, the worldview is wrong. It's right. the wrong foundation. Right. Regardless. Yeah. And you can judge the worldview against God's word. Because right. Because when you do that, what do you what do you find? CRT, the worldview built on that, is you judge people according to their outside. Right. What does the Bible say? You judge people according to their inside. Remember when um, David came to, uh, not David, Samuel came to anoint the king. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know it was going to be David. Yeah. Right. And he saw... Uh, David's brother, right? And he immediately, this is, yeah. Oh, look, you know, tall, handsome on the football team. Yeah. Well, maybe not that, but yeah, you know what I mean? And obviously he's going to be the king. And what did God say? Uh, man judges the house. Uh, man looks on the yeah, outside and God looks on the inside. On the heart. Yeah. I have refused his God's words. Right. And it's a reminder. God judges us according to our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yep. And he, he judges us according to what we, what we believe mm. on the outside. If you, if you start from the right foundation of God's word, we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. So right. biologically, there's how many races? One. And right. two spiritual races. Right. But we're all one race, which means there's no such thing as a biracial couple mm. or biracial pits. Mm. And we want to divide them like that. Mm. They're all one race. Yeah. Right? Um, a, a good friend of mine is here at NRB. 
Uh, in fact, we were at a breakfast this morning and he opened in prayer and we're working together to deal with this whole issue. Well, he and I co-authored a book called One Race, One Blood. Mm. And he's African-American, mm -hmm. uh, dark-skinned. You know, I, I've always in my talks when, when I've talked with him said, don't call people black, don't call them white. So right. now he says, uh, I'm of the darker view, he says, can I a lighter view? And that's a, that's a good way of putting it. I love it. Because we're different shades, because it gets away from this black, white sort of yeah. you know, separation and division and mm. that sort of thing. But what a difference when you start with the right foundation of God's word. And we need to do that in every area. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, we've taken up too much of your time. You need to get moving. I got to get moving. Ken, you, you begun to unpack a lot of, of hard questions, but you've given the foundational answer. Go back to the Bible. We are to to be students of the word like the Brians. We are to teach the whole counsel of God. We are to embrace, study, engage the whole counsel of God so that we are transformed by it, right? Not to be influenced by the world. That is Ken's challenge. That's my challenge for you today. Do not settle. Do not reject a part of the Bible just because the culture says no. No, we take all of it or we take none of it. And our challenge to you is to take it. Ken, thank you for your time today, brother. Good. Good to be with you.